listeners, welcome back to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We are wrapping up a series that we recorded at the Etch Family Ministry Conference talking about family ministry. And so this is our last episode in the series, but we hope that you enjoy this very special conversation that we were able to have around family ministry. All right, so Jen, I, I realized um, a few months ago that I don't have a hobby. Yeah, really? Me too. Do you have any, no. like, is there anything, did you ever have a hobby? Oh, yes, many. Like, what did a you long, used to do? long, So, okay, so your hobby ago. now, like, our hobby now is work. Yeah, and right? kids. And watching family. kids. My hobby is, like, watching my yeah. kids do things. Yeah, occasionally go on a date with my husband. Yeah, occasionally, yeah. but not enough to call it a hobby. No. It's like a special event <laughs> when that happens. It's true, right? Because yeah, I live in the same place. Because we're busy. Everybody's it's, busy. It's that season of life. But it's good to have a hobby. Yeah. So let's go back in time. Okay. If you, when you used to have a hobby, what did you do for fun? Well, I used to be kind of a runner type. Not marathon runner, but I used to go for a run did around you run? Town Lake Trail in Austin, Isn't Texas. a hobby something that's supposed to be fun? I, well, I, for me, it was. People enjoy yeah, that? My dog and... The, I mean, there's oh, no... Oh, like running with better, your dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like jogging. I yeah. think jogging and running are different jogging. things. Jogging. Okay, I'm sorry. Jogging. I was not... I did not sprint or... or jogging is like something you do by the beach, right? Yes. You're on the boardwalk. Yes, it's fun. It's running fun. is like punishment. Yeah. Oh, well. It, yeah. That would So you were... Okay, so you... <laughs> I, I didn't did, know that about you. Yeah. I like to watch tennis. I still actually do you that. You're a tennis player. You have a ten- you're from a tennis family. I'm from a tennis family. And so when the big uh, Grand Slams come on, we still turn those on. It's a big deal. I, I, I dedicate time to watching Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. And, yeah. And I mean, we have breakfast at Wimbledon days, you know, because that's a thing for Wimbledon. And I do strawberries and cream. So, I mean, is there that a thing? Stu- that's a thing. I mean, that's so, okay, thing. clearly this listeners, is not a world that I live that's in. That's a thing. So some of the listeners may so, be uh, like, oh, there, totally. There are remnants of hobbies that I've just incorporated into family life, so that kind of works. Tennis is kind of like a pretty, it's a classy hobby. Thank you. Right? I am classy. Yeah. I, I so sometimes. You know, let's, I think you are, <laughs> clearly, because you're, you like tennis and like you're a good dresser and you have good Thank taste you, in Chuck. things, right? It's true. Jan, Jan is very fashionable. And I'm very not. So I'm like, I like your t-shirt you know, and cap, though. Jeans, which you know, thank you. Baseball cap, t-shirt, uh, dress shirt, untucked, sleeves rolled up. That's about fashion for me, and it's a different shirt each day, right? So, and that's the good. That's news. not a hobby. It just shows that we come from Shirts. very different worlds, which is why we're such good friends. Uh, um, so we, um, for me, um, yeah, I used to you? collect license plates. Okay, that's cute. so. Like as a kid. <laughs> I mean, my dad was into cars. I always loved cars. That's true. You've had a thousand cars. I, so you, do you keep the license plate from each 78. one? Uh, just 78. To 78 to be precise. Okay. Vehicles, because it includes motorcycles mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like race cars, things that were not on mm-hmm. the road, but they right. count too in the in Right. The they weren't legal. So I like cars. Okay. No, they're not good cars. No. So these are not the I've kind of cars that cars. you would want to be in. <laughs> like I, I had an old mail Jeep. You know, the one with the yeah. steering wheel on the wrong side. Yeah, so I was that's kind of fun. I was a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor back, uh, a student pastor back when they called it being a youth pastor. Sure. And I bought this, this Jeep. It was a male Jeep uh, as, as opposed to a female Jeep. The male <laughs> Jeep has the steering wheel on the right side and the female on the left. That's how you tell the difference. So I had this postal Jeep. Let's go there. It had one seat and it was on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. I got it for like 500 bucks What'd and you do? painted it like desert storm brown and whatever. Put big wheels on it. And, and so that was kind of fun. But at any rate, that, I, I used to collect like just weird car, drive it for the summer and then sell it. Um, but I collected license plates. That's where we started. Okay. And so that just became kind of a cool thing. So I have hundreds of license plates like in our attic. 
and I used to display them. Yeah. <laughs> like every now and then I'd have an office and I'd have license plates all over and collected those. It was a fun thing to do. That is fun. But I've kind of slipped away from that. T- today, I have started, <laughs> I, f- I have a new hobby. Okay. You know my new hobby? I'm building tables. You are. That's true. You do have a hobby. And it actually makes I, a little and bit of money. And it feels so good. Yeah. Because I needed an outlet. Yes. So, uh, from, for creativity. And so, what I've started doing is building eight-foot farm tables in yeah, my shop. Yeah, they're beautiful. And they're, but they're pretty from a distance. And they're nice. They're not like fine craftsmanship. I'm not that good. They're but nice it's enjoyable. Though. Yeah. Yeah. And, and listeners, don't them. ask him to send you one. He won't ship it to you. You no, have to be no. local no, have and to be have local. a truck yeah. or a trailer. And they're not expensive. I just make them and sell them on Facebook Marketplace and get a couple bucks. And it's more I'm about... trying to save you answering emails. It's more about the activity of doing it. But what happens, I've found, and this is a segue into our conversation today, yeah. is I get... Work, I'm not a woodworker, so I don't have like the hands of a woodworker. Mm-hmm. I have the hands of a guy who works in an office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so nice I get... And silky. I get splinters all the time. And they hurt. And they kill. And so I have to get help. Chris helps me. My wife, uh, like, she gets the needle out and digs out the splinters when I get them. And they hurt. And so, anyhow, I know it's a terrible segue, right? How are we going to segue to Sam over here? Well, (laughs) okay. A lot of times in ministry, we get splinters. Okay. Okay, no, this is a valid transition. Go with the segue. (laughs) Here we go, Sam. We're talking with Sam Luce today about some of those, some of the little cuts that we get, right? Because as we go through ministry, it's a good segue. Keep going, keep going, keep going. going. As we go, go with the analogy. We're working to shape our ministry and to build a ministry and to serve within our church. But along the way, we get nicks and scratches and uh, and bloody knuckles and all kinds of different hurts that we pick up. And each one of those things may be small, Mm -hmm. but when you put them all collectively together, some of us are pretty beat up and a lot of us are really hurting. And that's something we don't talk about a lot in ministry. No, and not we at all. We want to talk about that today with our good friend Sam Luce. Hey, yeah. what's up? How you hey, doing? Sam. So glad you're here, all the way from the land of Nod, Utica, Utica. Utica. New York, Upper State. Yeah, Upstate. Yeah, right here. Way Upstate. He's he's pointing at the back of his hand. Like we know what that is. Okay. Yeah, so to illustrate <laughs> where in New well, York Michigan it is. Michigan people all do this. Okay. Yeah, Michigan like, do like the mitten I'm from, hand. I'm from Detroit. <laughs> they point down there at the thumb. Yeah. So. I'm from New Jersey, so it's kind of like you oh, know, like, we eh. arm pointed our armpit. I don't that's know. Like no, the, you, she's a, you can do the arm. You can do. The, um, but we don't. You can do the, the, the state uh, of Texas it's in the palm of like the boil on the. On the, on the arm of New York kind of thing. is I have relatives okay. in New York State. So oh. we, I know upstate. I get the language. It's good. And yeah. still to this day, when I moved to Nashville, having grown up in New Jersey, yes. the city is New York. Yeah. So when we moved to Nashville, I said to somebody, I live about an hour south. I'm like, I'm going to go up to the city. And they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, you, oh, you mean downtown? Yeah. Like Nashville is a town. New York is a city. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. And, and, and the nice thing about saying that you're from New York, even though I live like three and a half hours north you and there's more trees that? and cows than people yeah everyone thinks that you're gonna like pull out a knife and like stick them you know yeah. what i mean they're like they're like they're but so you're afraid like, of you you're like oh you're from new york City. you're like the nice new yorker you know, yeah it's, it's but like, upstate is whole very it's different. totally different it's, it's not it's even really warm and friendly and a it's good not warm well not warm i mean it's cold but <laughs> it's friendly. not warm it's not warm and, and it's not super friendly so <laughs> <laughs> you are it's cold yeah i try to be so i try to not be a sliver let's talk about some of these wounds yes you uh we're recording at our etch conference uh, that happens every year here in Nashville. And as long as it, yeah. And, and, and Sam, you, you've, you're in town uh, for the conference. Yes. So we get an opportunity to talk together. But you, you've conducted a breakout session where you talk about these kind of hurts that we pick up along yeah, the way. Yeah, totally. And we want to have you unpack that with our listening audience as well. Totally. I, um, 
So, so basically, my breakout was about this whole idea of, of soul care, taking care of, of your soul. And, and what does that look like for pastors? Because I think pastors are really great at, at caring for others, and they know how to be there and to be present in the midst of the sorrow that others experience. But they're, they're not, they're, I don't think we're quite as aware of, of how that, that trauma that we experience through observation, through close proximity, affects us over time. Mm. And uh, I, I recently wrote a blog post about it on my blog. It was talk, it's called uh, Death by a Thousand Cuts. Yeah. And so that's what you're talking about. Is, is I don't think that pastors are taken out with one tragic blow. It's, it's a thousand cuts over time that, that bleed us dry from the very lifeblood and the passion that, that God has placed within us. And mm. if we're not aware of that, and, and it, that, that possibility of happening what we have and, and how we can counteract it what, what we'll either do is what we'll do is we'll um, we'll just we'll burn up and burn out or yeah. we'll turn to methods I think that are that are antithetical to the gospel yeah. to try to resolve it and we be we turn inward rather than look upward and a lot of times we just don't we just don't even acknowledge it to, right? true, we, very we true. take the hit right, and right. we feel that in the moment right but we never address it in any But then any Sunday's way. coming, so you just move on, you know? Right. And so it's, you push it down, and then it sneaks up on you. Totally, totally. And, and our culture has so expunged death and sorrow from anywhere that there's, you know, I, there's, I talk to a lot of people, and they've never even been to a funeral in their life. And, yeah. and mm. like, as a pastor, you, I, I walk people through the last state, like, to walk someone through the final stages of cancer, mm. like, to be there when they breathe their last breath, to walk their family through the funeral is, it's a very, mm. it's a very difficult thing, you know, it's a, it's, it's a difficult thing, it's a necessary thing, but it's, if you don't process that well, the, the and, and the problem is, is, th- is that for them, it's one event that happens in their lifetime. For a pastor, you, you walk someone through, through death, and then, you counsel someone who's getting married, and then you have church on Sunday, and then it starts all over. You don't ever take time to process your grief in proximity to theirs. Yeah, and, and, and it, part of it is the the pain that we receive. Like if because totally. part of those cuts that you talk about mm-hmm. are things directed at us. Yeah, negative comments sure. or you know people who have For a sharp sure. tongue who come yeah. or who. But others are, we see everybody else's pain. Yeah. And there's just, a, people have a lot of hurts. There's no. a lot of ugly stuff that goes on in families. And we're exposed to that and we're aware of that. And that totally. can be depressing. It's hard. I mean, like, like the, the fact that you baptize someone's child, right? And then they, and you just, you know, integral part of their life. You're with them for all the significant moments. You walk them through restoring their marriage. And then one day they don't come back. Mm. And you call them and they don't return your phone call. Wow. And I remember one time, a couple of years ago, there's a sweet lady that, that came to our church and she was from the South and she was telling me about chicory and coffee because she was from the South. I love how she's South. sweet because she's from the South. Everybody in the South is <laughs> sweet. <laughs> so clearly in New sweet. York, it was like yeah. she stood up. Like even how you insult people is sweet. <laughs> Bless your heart. Right? Bless your heart. <laughs> it's a sweet thing. We don't do that in New York. We're like, I'm going to cut you. That's what we say in New York. It's like... So, like, yeah, it took me a little while to figure out I was being insulted. I thought I was like, wow, this is so sweet. Bless my heart. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I didn't realize, but... So she's a sweet lady, and so she, one, one, one Sunday, she was like part of our sort of team, and I was the campus pastor at the time, and so uh, she didn't show up. So I was like, yeah, you know, people have stuff. The next week, she didn't show up either, so I called her and, and went to voicemail. And then the next week, she was supposed to serve. I, I, she, didn't, she wasn't there, so I called her. She picked up the phone because I heard it pick up, and I said hello, and she hung up. Oh, wow. That's a cut. That is. That's, that's one of those thousand cuts because... I didn't, to this day, I don't know if it was me. Yeah. I didn't know if, I, I, to this day, 
there could be a million reasons why she stopped coming to our church. It could be a million reasons of what's mm-hmm. going on in her life. But to me, she stopped coming because of, I failed her as a pastor. And a that lot. happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And people don't ever see that. They see us preaching. They see VBS and they think it's a party. Yeah. And they don't see the pain behind the party. So then, you know, turning to tangible things to get ahead of this, or if you're in the middle of this, what can we do? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I think you have to, you have to have people around you that you, that you have to have community. First of all, as a pastor, you have to be vulnerable enough. You know, everybody says that pastors don't, they can't, you have to find people that you're vulnerable with. Mm -hmm. And that's in your, it needs to be in concentric circles. It needs to be, uh, it needs to be someone you're accountable to. It needs to be friends that you're in relationship with, and it needs to be people outside of the circle of your church. And, uh, you know, in, that's why conferences like Etch are so great, because you can have community outside of your church and say, hey, tell me I'm not crazy, yeah. and with, without fear of reprisals, you know, and say, yeah, you know what, you're, you're and, and it just helps you to, to know I'm not alone. I'm not, I'm not the only person that goes through this and faces this. So I think you need the, that, the, those, that relationship and that community. And I think part of the problem is that we have so over-personalized our faith mm. that we don't truly appreciate community like God intended us to experience it. We've so, we've, this is my personal Bible. This is my personal prayer time. This is my personal faith. This is, mm. We've made mm. it so personal, which those we things lose are the all... the corporate nature, the collaborative nature. Yeah, it's so... Those and are there, all important and huge. There are even new studies about that that say that we're getting Christians are getting better at um, spiritual self-discipline yes. like you just said reading the Bible my own prayer life and of yes. course all that is really good but we're getting much much worse at doing it in community right right mm. and that's what Sunday's for it's right. it's the people yeah, of God right. becoming about forsaking that gathering the, together yeah the believers the believers becoming the people of God together and and coming together and that's what's so beautiful is celebrating together and experiencing mm. you know taking communion together communion is you can't do communion alone Right, yeah. you can't do you communion can't, without you can't union. Commune. Right, there's that union part. Yeah, right. yeah, it's it's intended as a, as a supper that you enjoy as a family, mm. yeah. and uh, we need that. We need that with each other, you know. And so, so I think that community part is important. And but I think mainly the main thing for me is is the whole understanding of of the Word of God, the importance of the Word of God. And uh, so I, the way I the way I tell people is is like to care for your soul. It's it's a garden to be your soul is a garden to be tended and, and a war to be won. And, and the reason why I say that is because when you plant a garden, right, the, it involves you, but the results don't depend on you. Mm. Like you have to put the seed in the ground. You have to water it, but all, you can't stand over that seed and say grow. And you can't make God it makes grow. it grow. Yeah. So our, our sanctification, our growth in our, in our love for mm. Christ, and, and even in, in our sorrows, what we do is we, is we plant those sorrows in the ground with our tears and with our prayer mm. and say, God, I trust you. I trust that you're going to make all things new. That if it's not today, if it's not tomorrow, and I, I love uh, what um, Wayne Grudem says in his commentary in First Peter. He says this. He says that, that he says that in the last day he goes. There's 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 suffering and there's sorrow that we're going to experience in this earth, and and maybe we won't even fully understand in heaven. But at the last day, mm. when God returns, mm. he goes. He's going to reward those who who trusted God, even though they didn't understand what their pain was about and why they were suffering, mm. but they trusted Him simply because they found Him worthy of their trust. Mm. And, he said, and, and Wayne Grimm goes on to say, I can't remember exactly how he says it, but he says basically, he says that that kind of love and that kind of faith and that kind of trust, God finds beautiful. Wow. And that's what, I, that's what I pray for myself, is that in my sorrow and in my uh, joy, that I will find God worthy of, 
my trust, that I won't turn to inward like so often like when we talk about soul care it can sort of be do these things and then you'll your soul will be better but yeah. that i will look upward and say god help me yeah so and then and then confess that to the people around me you know the whole idea of confession we've lost mm. you know the whole i the 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 in the protestant reformation the whole thing of uh, we we got we threw we threw out so much that was wrong and we should have but mm. there's some things that we threw out that we shouldn't have mm. and to me i think confessing to one another. James tells us to do it. That's not a Catholic thing. That's a thing that we have to say, I need God's help. This is, what, this is where I failed this week. This is where I have been a, a bad husband and, and a bad pastor, and I need God's help. Will you pray for me? That's good. Um, you just shared um, a story. You just finished doing a breakout for us at Edge. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're also on our Family Ministry Summit, and you had a lot of good things, wisdom to say about family ministry. You've always been a thought leader and, and very gracious to come join us here and, um, and help us. But you just shared before uh, the podcast about this breakout that you did specifically yeah. on the subject of soul care yeah. and how essential it is. Uh, for, for sure to prevent burnout and mm. to help you pull you out of burnout mm -hmm. um but you shared something that you did at the end that you felt god was leading you to do and i just want you to share that moment because to me it was an eye-opening um uh picture of where we are really sure. in ministry and and i think and, and part of it is like it's the, the, the whole idea of like a dry soul and feeling alone is that you think you're the only person it's very isolating yeah and so what we did at the end is I talked about like setting our affections on Christ. And, um, and what we have to do is we have to set our affections on, on Christ and, and look back. Like part of the way we care for our souls is to look back in gratitude and to say, thank you, God, for what you've done for me. And we don't do that enough. And, and what C.S. Lewis says is this. He says, nearly all vices are rooted in the future. Gratitude looks to the past, love to the present, fear, avarice, lust, ambition, all look ahead. And what he's t saying is this, is that we look, when we look to the past, we rehearse to ourselves what God has done. When we look to the present, we experience the love of God. When we look to the future, we're afraid because we think that God won't get it right. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's the beautiful thing about, about communion with God is that in the communion supper, what, what, what Christ did for us is he said this. He said, remember me. As often as you do this, remember me. So look back. Yeah. He says, and then proclaim me until I come. And you're looking forward in hope that the God who was faithful in the past is the God who's faithful in the future that he did the, all the ways, he connected the dots in, so, in these minuscule ways that we couldn't ever imagine in his good providence led us to exactly where he wants us to be at the exact moment in the exact church in the exact place is the same God that's going to lead you tomorrow. And that's the God we can trust. And so what I did is I had everyone stand up and say, if, you, if you're struggling with, 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 with feeling alone, you feel dry, you feel weary, you feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm going to give up. You use the word I'm, overwhelmed. If you, you feel, feel overwhelmed. overwhelmed. You feel overwhelmed. And, and, yeah. and so what I did is I have, had them stand up because I want them to know that you're not the only person that feels this way. And I told them I'm the first person standing because yeah. this year was a difficult year for me yeah. in, in so many ways. And uh, some ways I can share publicly, some ways I still have to process privately and, and ask God to help me. Yeah. Um, but so I was standing and I had them stand up and two thirds of the room stood up. Amazing. Wow. Two thirds of the room stood up and it was, and it was, it was important for them to see, acknowledge, uh, first what they did was they acknowledged, God, I need your help. Right. Yes. And secondly, it was important for them to see that they're not alone. Yes. Yes. And thirdly, it was important for them to turn their, to direct their tears to God. That's good. And weep and weep and cry and say, God, I, and, and, and to learn how to pray your tears and learn how to pray your fears and learn how to, how to cry out to God and say, God, I need you. 
in this moment in my life more than I've ever needed you before. And that's what the gospel reminds us. And the problem so often is we drift from the gospel and we get into this, into this, this, this whole Chick-fil-A church mentality that we're trying to, <laughs> yeah. we're trying to produce I think I get it. Sandwiches. I think I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah we're trying to produce sandwiches. And in the end, we're trying to produce d- disciples, okay. people who truly love Jesus. And that, that doesn't take a CEO. That takes a shepherd. That takes someone who's broken, mm. someone who has experienced loss and has found the joy of Christ in the midst of their sorrows. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm. Well, with, without a doubt, we know that there are people listening right now to this episode who are feeling those sure. things feeling isolated, feeling hurt, feeling the sting of the thousand cuts or the 999 cuts. And that next cut may be the the final blow for them, which could cause them to leave ministry or or much worse. Yeah, I pray you don't. And so what what do you say to that person who's feeling that right now? Yeah, I mean, what I would say is, is I would say is that, that there is, you have to, you have to look inward in such a way that you, that you rightly order your loves. So part of the, part Mm -hmm. of what, wears us out in ministry is that there's so many things that we can give our time and attention and affections to that uh, Augustine he said that the problem with us is not that we that we love or don't love is that our loves are disordered Mm. that we have we we love the the right things to the wrong amount the wrong degree exactly and when Christ is preeminent right then what happens is Mm. we are free we are not we are not constrained in our loves but we're free to rightly love everyone that God has placed in our path. And, and, and so I would say is, 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 is turn to Christ and say, God, God, help me to love you. And that's, that's a cry. You say, God, help me love you. But then the other thing is, is again, is to confess to those around you that you need God's help. And the other thing is, honestly, this, this year I, I, I saw a professional counselor and I, and I went to him because there were things I couldn't resolve on my own and that I needed someone outside of my situation, outside of my circumstance to speak God's truth to me. And this isn't just to say to go to some Freudian nut job. Right. Like there are legitimate counselors that love Jesus that will point you back to Christ. And that's yeah. what this guy did. Is he, is, he, is he helped to reveal to me my own sin yeah. and my own need for the gospel and my own help and, and turn to God and, and to realize what, what was done to me that was wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where we get convoluted is we can't separate out what was done to us that was wrong and, what, and how wrongfully we responded. And we need someone to say, like, okay, that was wrong, what they did to you, but this is where you responded wrong, and you need God's help. Yeah. And you need to run to him. Mm-hmm. And you need to rightly order your loves. Because what we, ch- what we tend to do is, this is what I always tell our parents, is mm-hmm. what you say to your kids, you know, when we do parent dedications, is the way that your kids are going to know what you, lo- what you really love is when, is when life hurts. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell them, don't waste your pain. Show your kids. Don't shield them from pain. You know, shield them from some things, but like let them see you, let them see the sorrow in your life and where you run when you feel that sorrow. Mm. Because what you're telling them is, this is what my God actually is. Yeah. Where you run when life hurts is this you're saying, this is what I believe can save me. Yeah. And that's, that's what I would say to all my fellow pastors out there is run to Jesus. That's run awesome. to Jesus over and over and over and over and over again because he is full of grace and mercy. He is mm. rich in love. Yes, he is. He is holy. He is righteous. He is more than enough. And, yes. and, and I think you have to rightly understand who you are, Chuck, in light, in light of who God is. And, and you see that in First Timothy. When, 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 when Paul is telling Timothy, he says this, he says, uh, he said, Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners. So God, Christ came to save, save all of them. And that's what we, we're really good at saying that as pastors. Of them. Of whom I'm the foremost. Of whom I'm the foremost. 
that in me Christ might display his patience. And then, and then he goes on, and then how he ends it is so beautiful. He says to him who is able, he says, to, he, he, begins, he just begins to worship, and he says at the end, he says this. I'm going to say it exactly right, because it's so powerful. Let's see, I'm, trying to, I'm scrolling through right here. Sorry about this, Chuck. says this. He says, to the, now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. What happened is he saw who he was, a great sinner. He saw who Jesus was, a great savior, and he was moved to worship. And that is what we need, is we need to rightly see our sin, and we need to rightly see our savior and be moved to worship, to be able to say to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be the honor and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. And that is from a broken man who had a perfect Savior. That's why he was able to worship in that profound of a way. So good. This is why we love Sam Luce, guys, because when he comes around, it's what I call gospel as a verb. I need you to gospel me. Instead of share the gospel as a noun, I need you to gospel me because we can't hear it enough. No. That's it's right. not a one and done. No. And we in ministry need to be gospeled more than anyone. Yes. As we're sharing it with, with um, families, with, with students, with kids, um, and find someone that can do that for you. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways is that mm-hmm. we are a lonely culture just in, in, in America, but especially mm-hmm. in ministry. Totally. Loneliness and, is an epidemic, and we, tr- we think that we can, mm-hmm. you know, hunker down. And, and it's something we have to teach our kids, Jana. Yeah. Like I read in, um, there's a great book. She's a secular lady. She, it's it's uh, called uh, Alone Together. Yes. By Sherry Turkle. She says that if we don't yes. teach our kids to be alone, mm-hmm. right? And what she means that is be okay by yourself. But right. she says they only Solitude. know how to be lonely. Right. And so we, I don't think we do a good job of teaching them to be, to be able to stand before God on their own and be able to say, God, I, when I have you, I have enough. And then be, to be able to engage in, in community at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll only be lonely. And I think that's part of the problem is that we've so isolated ourselves that we only know how to be lonely. Well, let's capture some of these things in show notes. Um, The book that you just mentioned, I think, is a really good one um, that I would also highly recommend. Um, The C.S. Lewis quote, and then some of the scriptures also, I think would be really good for our listeners to to be able to have access to. So we'll grab those from you. And... um, and we'll also include links to where they can find more yeah. from Sam Luce, where blogs. they can read your yeah. blog and get in touch with you. For sure. And man, we, we appreciate your awesome. friendship to us personally, yes. to Jana and me. Love and, you guys. Uh, and we appreciate you coming here to invest in, in uh, the churches that we serve as you yes. serve them and set it's them up honor. for success. It's my honor to do it. You know it is. It really is. Thanks so much, Sam. Thank you listeners, so much. Listeners, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.